This fucking guy. Hello, my artichoke hearts. Welcome to This Fucking Guy, a podcast about self-care, if self-care is one long scream into the void. Here is where we use expletives and alcohol to emotionally process the creeps, jerks, and P-words that compose the shitty elevator music of our lives. I can't even. Ren Martinez. And IDK, my BFF Jill, Ginger Golub. I love the commercials that I remember from my childhood, because that's definitely one that I'm like, IDK, my BFF, Jill. <laughs> or me and my husband literally, literally do do the Sears commercial, where it's like, the news said it was going to be hotter. Hotter? Like yesterday. Yesterday. Yesterday you said you called Sears. I'll call today. You call now. I'll call now. Why do we remember this? Why is this part of my subconscious? There should be, like, facts in there. I mean, probably. Facts, logarithms, algebra. Anything useful? Anything. Just anything at all. My job, maybe? My life? No. Beans is being very demanding. Beans is always demanding. He demands love, affection, beans. And human sacrifice. I mean, we're, we're still in negotiations about that last one. But, you know, I think we're going to come to a resolution pretty soon. <laughs> So, my dear, other than, like, the 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 look you're giving me that is, my body is actively failing me at this moment, who's, whose manager can I speak to about mm-hmm. this, um, is there anything you need to scream into the void? Does God have a manager? Uh, Probably Satan, actually. What if God <laughs> had a manager? That's why he gets all the bad customers. They go downstairs to management. Criminy. <laughs> So, um, as you know, I did a, a particularly dumb thing with my body a couple of weekends ago. You did. Yeah. You did. We're, neither of us seem to be quite sure how it happened, but me and your chair in your living room ended up on the floor together. Yes. I mean, I was busy doing singing karaoke going, and every time we touch, I get this feeling crash. And okay. more than anything, I regret ruining your karaoke number. Um, but I, d- I did fall. I whacked my leg pretty hard. And I went to uh, the urgent care the next day or like two days later or something because it felt weird to walk on it. I was like, I should probably get an x-ray. This is barely relevant. Um <laughs> So I went into the urgent care, and of course I waited forever, and when they finally came and took my list of medications, I wanted to be a good patient, and I wanted to be comprehensive, so I gave them the approximately, like, 54 prescription medications I'm on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also let them know that, like, in rough anticipation of, like, maybe at some point in, like, several months starting to facilitate the conversation of having a child, I am taking gummy prenatal vitamins. Half of this is it's a justification to eat gummies even though I'm diabetic. Also very, very good for your hair and nails. You know, just that biotin, baby. Just doing my best. My nails actually are much harder. I bet that's why. Yeah. Um, And I mentioned that... And the doctor goes, okay, and she orders the x-rays. And then a nurse comes in and says, hey, if you think you're pregnant, we need you to pee in this cup so we can confirm that or whatever before you get an x-ray. That's that's not what I said, though. That's not what I said. And they were like, well, is there any chance in the world at all that you could be pregnant? And I was like, I mean... Any chance? I mean, yeah. As a uterus haver. As a uterus haver. Um, as the Virgin Mary taught us, even absence is only 99.999% <laughs> effective. Um, so I was like, okay, whatever. I'll pee in your cup. Did that, whatever. Radiologist comes back and was like, you're good. Whisk me back. X-rays my leg. Puts me back in the room. The doctor comes back in. I have already explained to her, like, you know, this is anticipation of maybe getting pregnant at some point. Right. She comes back in and she's like, well, first of all, I need to let you know you're not pregnant. And I I know that that can be, like, really stressful. I know that you guys are trying. And I went, (laughs) ma'am. 
if you will look at my medication list, I am also on hormonal birth control. <laughs> if I am trying, I'm doing it so bad. You're very, very backwards. So bad. Yeah. If I think that that works, I should not be allowed to have a child. I mean, I feel like the first part of that conversation, well, I guess the second part first would be like, ma'am, I, I do want to inform you. I'm sorry that you're not pregnant. I know that's very stressful when you're trying. Also, have you considered not taking your birth control? I feel that would help <laughs> in this situation. <laughs> yeah. So that's, oh, like that's, I that's think where this, patient first is at. <laughs> I think this is one of those, one of those moments where it's like, while you do want to be really upfront with your doctor, uh, and not like hide things that are pertinent, like, it sucks, but, like, let's say you're having a good time and you're at a party and, like, I don't know, you do a little blow or something, but you happen to break your leg. That's not what I was That's doing, That's not Mom. what she was doing. Wink. Wink. Yeah, you're not <laughs> doing cocaine. No, we're not nearly interesting enough to do cocaine at my karaoke party for my 34th birthday. Can you imagine how fast I would have rapped? Um, like, it's, it's, not, it's not that kind of party. But let's say again. You happen to do some blow. You break your leg. You go to the ER. You re- you should tell them that you've done the blow. Just because that can affect, like, blood stuff. And I'm no doctor. But, like, I-, I think you fell into the oversharing portion of, like, your leg's broken. And you're you're explaining to them, well, when I was five years old, I had a runny nose. And they're, like, suddenly all of their diagnoses are about that runny nose. To be fair, I was like, my main concern is I'm afraid I broke my leg. My secondary concern is a gland in my neck hurts. And just wanted to make sure that that was not related to being on a new vitamin. I'm not completely out of no, my no, no. mind. No, no, no. This is not necessarily advice aimed at you. It's more of just, like, how medical practices this fun little balancing act of, like, you want to give them pertinent information, yes. but for some reason they keep asking me to lose weight when I'm here for a sinus infection. Yeah. Um. But, but, but I assure you that I am not that kind of person where they're like, what was the first day of your last period? And I'm like, I was born in the middle of a snowstorm. <laughs> I would love those triage nurses be like, hey, hey, Gingy's here. You want to hear a whole life story? She'll give it to you. It's very, it's fascinating. Did you get to the part with the bears? Wait for the bears, okay? <laughs> it's good times, good times. Well, on that note, I feel like it's time for some physical and mental therapy. I'm down for it. Okay, my sweet Ren, Reverend Martinez, mm. you have been teasing to me. I have. That uh, there is something that is going to make me just uh, scream into this poor dog that is on my lap. Uh, So why don't you go ahead and tell me about this fucking guy? So I'll try to keep this intro short, but this episode is a little bit dedicated to my mom. Because Mama Martinez, so my mother is somebody who cries at ASBCA commercials when they come on TV. Okay, she's just a sweet, sweet button of a human. But does not like a rom-com. No, 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 no. My mom, first and foremost, is Nerdy McNerd Nerd. So, like, this is why I grew up watching David Lynch's Dune. Mm-hmm. But also loves an action film. Like, I can't tell you how many times I saw Kurt Russell's Universal Soldier. Or Jean-Claude Van Damme movies out of the woodwork. Like, my mom loves an 80s, 90s action film. I've only heard of one of these movies so far. So, today we're talking about actor, not her favorite actor, but certainly a man who's featured in my childhood home. hmm You ever heard of Steven Seagal? Oh, boy, oh, boy. So, it sounds like you have, and I'm wondering, if is it because of his, his energy drink, Steven Seagal's lightning bolt? It's mostly because of the ponytail. Um, or his work for Russian weapons manufacturer Orsis promoting their firearms while lobbying for the U.S. to ease import restrictions on Russian firearms? I feel like this is going to be the whole episode. Or maybe it's his musical work. So he has he, a- uh, What? Yeah, he has- Why is that the one that's surprising me? Okay, keep going. Uh, like his blues album, Mojo Priest, featuring the song Alligator Ass. Or no, it has to be his debut album, 
Songs from the Crystal Cave, which features the song Strut, which we will now play for you, at least the very beginning of this musical masterpiece. Your eyes already. I don't know if you caught that specific lyric. I I would like to hear it read back to me. But it is me want the punani see for make nice. Woo! Just oh boy, the Jamaican accent so bad you don't even mind that he's wearing blackface. Probably. I, I, he's not in the album cover. I haven't seen the music video. I assume he is. Yeah. Of course, we all know Steven Seagal because of the action star thing. Sure. Like the, 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 the rising action star, falling action star, all of the movies that are direct to video been at your local Walmart. Guy in a cop reality show. Strongest widow peak of all time. With accompanying just dyed jet black ponytail. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to say about Steven Sickle. Like, surprisingly, a lot. Okay. A lot. So Steven Seagal, which I do not have a reference to this, but apparently it is pronounced Siegel. And he went to Steven Siegel. It's supposed to be Steven Siegel. And apparently at some point in his life, which again, he's he's a liar. So like we know, no. um, he went to some like art exhibit or like de Gaulle or something. And he thought the pronunciation was cool and was like, oh, I'm going to go by Seagal now. I'm going to assume I'm just going to call him Seagull for the rest of this, because I assume that he got his last name from his family being. Proud breeders of, uh... Moi? Sea- uh, Moi? Yes, of sea vermin. Mm-hmm. So he was born in Michigan in 1952. Did I think that he was Eastern <laughs> European? That's part of his thing. Oeuvre. So despite his filmography and he himself, like, what he would say to you, um, so his mother was, like, Irish-Dutch kind of background. Uh-huh. Michigan-y background. Uh-huh. And his father was the son of Russian Jewish immigrants. Okay. So he's not Japanese. No. He's not Italian. He's not Native American. Italian seemed plausible. I never even considered the other two. <laughs> he's he's nothing that he's ever claimed to be, essentially. Uh-huh. Um, he apparently was a frail, asthmatic kid, but like a movie about 18th century lesbians, he just needed to move to the seaside mm-hmm. to improve mm-hmm. his lungs, which is what happened when he and his family moved to California when he was a kid. Yes, the seagulls. Exactly. They had to go to the ocean. When Stephen talked about being a teenager, he apparently likes to paint himself as an urban street kid or some kind of crazy gangster, which I don't believe. No. Um, because his mom <laughs> kept referring to him as a puny kid who just holds up in his garage to play rock music, don't you know? Like, I imagine her, I have a very bad Michigan accent, uh-huh. but like, which the strongest, strongest Michigan accent talking about her asthmatic child. <laughs> <laughs> who's a, who's fucking nerding out in his basement with greasy, lanky hair. I would have guessed AV nerd, honestly. He's just a high school basement dweller. I'm basically impressed he can play an instrument. Okay. The other traits of being a teenage basement dweller is an obsession with Japan and martial arts. There it is. He learned Aikido from what his mother calls a nice old Japanese man at a dojo in Garden Grove. <laughs> I would totally have a long fucking episode. (laughs) I would totally have dinner with Steven Seagal's mother. She sounds delightful. Steven Seagal's mother, hero of this story, (laughs) undoubtedly. I love it. A lot of the background comes from there was a People article, uh, an article in People magazine about him in like the nineties. And again, like Steven Seagal had already crafted this reputation and was making up all this stuff. And his mom's like, "Oh yeah, hell no." Just I love it. She doesn't even try to pretend. 
So around this time, Stephen decided to go to Japan, which is the dream of any otaku. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not really clear when this happened. In some interviews, he said between 1968 and some 1973. According to records at Fullerton College, where he would eventually drop out, he was definitely smoking on the quad and skipping classes in 1970 and 1971. Which matters, because he has claimed that he didn't just study the blade. He studied with Morihei Uyashiba, the founder of Aikido. I keep thinking you're about to say Ikea. Like, so, like, he, he's painting this Neo-Morpheus situation, uh-huh. right? Um, too bad Uyashiba died in 1969, mm. before he ever got to the island. So That, that does present a nation. It's very hard to learn martial arts from a corpse. I mean, I haven't tried yet. That's how he knows he's the chosen one, Ren. Mm-hmm. Regardless, uh, Seagal was back in California by 1974 and met his future waifu, Miyako Fujitani. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She is a second-degree black belt and daughter of an Aikido master in Osaka, Japan. When reminis- What did she see in him? When reminiscing about her courtship, Miyako said that Seagal pursued her aggressively. Yep. It was like I was in a dream, she said. That passion made him look very attractive to me. Which reminds me of that quote from Bojack Horseman, which is when you look at someone through rose-colored glasses, all the red flags just look like flags. (laughs) Anyway, when Miyako returned to Japan, Seagal aggressively followed her there, as I assume. Uh, But they married, and they ended up having two kids. According to biography, it was here that Steven Seagal not only became a martial arts master, but became the only white person in history to own and run an Aikido dojo in Japan. Mm, Okay. Which would be impressive if that were true. Yeah, that's... mm -hmm. Because that school at which he taught, because he did teach there, Uh that definitely belonged to his wife and her family. Okay. And they were... were who were Japanese. Okay. And who were actual Aikido masters. It's not a traditional Italian name I hadn't heard. No. Okay. No. Um, and then there are Stevens claims that during this time, he fought off members of the Yakuza. Oh, fuck's sake. According to Miyako, this, this was actually chasing off drunks from the dojo. <laughs> so not quite the same thing. I assume they're divorced. No. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> His first divorce, but not his last. Nope. But it's not its not enough to be the first white person to run an Aikido dojo in Japan while single-handedly fighting off Yakuza. What's an Aikido master compared to an international spy? That's right. Steven Seagal claims that during his time in Japan, he was approached by people from a particular agency. These guys were my students. They saw my abilities both with martial arts and with the language. You can say that I became an advisor to several CIA agents in the field, and though my friends in this, through my friends in the CIA, met many powerful people and did special works and special favors. The fuck is the CIA doing in Japan in the seventies? Um. Also, this is also how he said it in his own words. The CIA needed my sick Aikido skills, and it was all top secret. So top secret, you are telling this to an interviewer on late night TV, I guess. Who are some of these powerful people who needed his sick skills? Apparently, they included the Shah of Iran. No, no, they fucking (laughs) didn't. Um, South African Archbishop Desmond Tutu. What? Where the fuck does this even come from? His mouth. And Egyptian President Anwar Sadat. So yes, he apparently protected these powerful people. Um, on the 1988 talk show circuit for Above the Law, an action melodrama about corrupt CIA operatives, he told the host... There are certain parts of this movie that are very autobiographical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. According to Miyako, again, his now ex-wife, uh, he was never in the CIA. Uh, what Stephen was, was an absent father. Yeah. Quote, my children don't have any memory of him as a father. <laughs> Which 
Ooh, what burn! Do they, what do they have a memory of him as? As that random white dude who showed up sometimes, I guess? I don't know. As the reason that they all have sick ponytails. Sick, the sickest the ponytails. The sickest of ponytails. But what was he doing instead of being a father to his children? Well, in the early 1980s, Seagull was hopping back and forth across the Pacific. He first returned to New Mexico with his student, okay. where they opened a dojo, which Seagal left to Craig to actually do all the work. Uh-huh. He then came back with senior student Haruo Matsuoka to open another dojo in Los Angeles, which he also left to that person to do all the work. I feel like this is the business model. Yes. It was during this period of international man of mystery where Seagal married actress Adrian LaRussa. Did he bother getting divorced? No. Oh, fuck. I was kidding. No, he was not yet divorced. But his his marriage to LaRusso was um was annulled for the reason of... For the bigamy. For the bigamy, yes. So it was annulled. But in 1986, Seagal met his destiny, as he put it, when he first laid eyes on newly divorced model and actress Kelly LeBrock. You might remember her vaguely from Weird, Weird Science. Science. Yep, Weird Science, the woman in red and the shampoo pitch woman who uttered the immortal line, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Ooh. Ooh. He once, he once again aggressively followed a woman to a foreign country, this time to Hong Kong, and got Kelly newly pregnant. D- did she? I assume. At this point, he's of- divorced. Uh, okay. Was she into any of this? Yes, at the time she at the time she was into this. Um, they then got married and had two children, and he definitely did not get divorced ever again. By he definitely got divorced again. Okay, but she was his destiny. His destiny. It was his destiny to get that woman pregnant. Pretty much. I mean, that's pretty much what he's talking about when he talks about destiny. Criminy. Um, with his fancy new Hollywood wife and Hollywood dojo, uh-huh. Seagal started making fancy Hollywood connections. He began working as a stunt coordinator on various films, including Never Say Never Again, where he broke Sean Connery's wrist during production. I heard about that. Yep, he sure did. I read a listicle with that in it yesterday. But his most important connection was Michael Ovitz, the head of the Creative Artists Agency. He introduced Seagal to the top brass at Warner Brothers Studios by arranging an Aikido demonstration, which I would pay fucking money to have seen this. Do you know what Aikido is, by the way, as an aside? No, but I'm guessing that the instructions of it feature, like, a smiling man and a bunch of diagrams, but no actual words? Uh, no. So, Aikido, th- the whole point of Aikido, from what little I know, is that it's all about, like, joint manipulation and using your opponent's movement to move them. Like some traditional martial arts, like karate and, like, taekwondo, they're not really good, like, fighting actual fight techniques Mm -hmm. it's a lot of like it's it's, getting you out of a situation right it's the it's the skill of the actual sport and like the fitness of it but there's a reason that you don't see like karate or like aikido at like mma fights because you would get your fucking ass handed to you but in, in in aikido one of sort of like the things that you see a lot in demonstrations is like you go for a punch and suddenly that person grabs the wrist as like a ting, 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 ting with their wrist and then tosses them across the room. Okay. Which, you know, is part of these demonstrations. Sure. So like Steven Seagal went to these producers and did this demonstration where he's fucking tossing people like, you know what, mom? This is unnecessary. Unnecessary. I demand you answer this on the podcast. Mom, you're interrupting me recording my podcast. I'm on a podcast right now. You are being recorded live because you interrupted me talking about Steven Seagal. All I heard was... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear anything else but Steven Seagal. Well, that's all that is important. That's all that's important? Can I call yes. Seagal? Yes. yes. Can, I, can I call you back? Can I call you back later? Is that okay? Oh, yeah, no, no problem. Yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. That's what they're calling me these days. <laughs> All right, Mom, I'll call Bye. you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
okay, where was I? Oh, yes. Okay. So he's at this demonstration. He brings his students and he's like standing in the center of the room and he's like, come at me, guys. And so they come at him and he just tosses them around the room every which uh-huh. way because that's how demonstrations work. Yeah. It's like a performance art. And all of these fucking executives are dumb as bricks. So they're like, oh, my goodness. My God. Just, wow. How does he do that? And of course, all the students are like, we're we're tossing ourselves, really. Yeah, that's the that's we're we're, we're leaping. And Stephen's like, no, 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 no! It's my superior Aikido skills. It's an Aikido master. I broke Sean Connery's wrist. I broke his wrist. Um, so yeah, they were very impressed by that, and so he scored a starring role as well as story and producing credits in the action thriller film Above the Law. This was really a point in time when they would give. Rolls to anybody. Just anybody. Anybody. There was so much cocaine. So let's see if you can find any of Seagal's influence on this leading character and story, okay? Okay. Sergeant Nico Toscani is an Italian man who is definitely Italian. (laughs) At an early age, he had become interested in martial arts and moved to Japan to study them. He was then recruited to join the CIA and was involved in covert operations during the Vietnam War. There, he became disgusted with the CIA's use of torture. But to be clear, it's one CIA guy's use of torture, not the entire CIA, just one guy. Not the CIA. Please don't be mad at me, CIA daddy. But he tries to stop this torture session and eventually leaves the CIA to become a cop. What? Also, the movie... Because cops don't use torture? I guess not in his... um, uh, Also, the movie involves a priest getting blown up? That happens? Why? That's the emotional hook, I guess. I don't know. It's it sounds great. It's the CIA torture a guy by blowing up a priest. It has to do with like a drug ring and like a priest in like Bolivia like finds the drug re- ring and like like escapes to wherever Nick Tos- Nico Toscani lives and like Nico Toscani's personal priest is like harboring the drug priest and then they get he gets blown up for harboring the drug priest and the, the drug priest gets captured by the drug people to be tortured. Drug Priest sounds like a much better movie. <laughs> I would watch that. Starring Nikki Tostada. <laughs> um, somehow, this movie was a success, and his next movies, Hard to Kill, Marked for Death, and Out for Justice, were all box office hits. I'm sorry. Hard to Kill is... Yeah. is a That is just a title. It implies... You can. <laughs> you can. A you bit, certainly can. There needs to be a little bit more effort, though. Okay, you'll get annoyed first. You're gonna have to put your back into You're it. You're gonna okay? have to put your back into murdering a this couple man. of hoops to jump through. All right, there's some really annoying paperwork. You can get there. My but. action movie is going to be called "Surprisingly Easy to Kill." <laughs> <laughs> Just put a chair in front of her. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's every time I touch, much, I get this feeling, and the karaoke goes on. Oh, god! So, at this point, he's officially a famous action hero, which means he is as insufferable as he's ever oh, been. Oh, yeah. Um, Seagal continued to say wild ass shit, claiming that he was a superb writer, uh, a deadly marksman, a foremost expert on swords, and fluent in at least three languages. What are those? What are those, Stevie? I think they're Russian, Japanese, and something else. Is there any chance it's true? Japanese, he probably is at least conversational. He did live there. I, he, he may did need to live speak there. to his children. Yes. At some point. But I have, mm um, But the problem, see, the problem with this, yeah, the problem with this shit is, is once you start selling your own bullshit, you mm-hmm. start believing in it. Like that one time he challenged a stuntman to try and choke him out. You see, Jean LaBelle, the stuntman in question, had called out Stephen for mistreating the stunt performers, which uh-huh. is a fucking shitty thing to do. Uh-huh. Stephen, citing his fancy Aikido training, uh, claimed that he was impervious to being choked unconscious due to that training. <laughs> so Jean, of course... I have no neck. <laughs> <laughs> so Jean, of course, challenged him to such a technique placed his arms around Seagal's neck, uh-huh. then choked him the fuck out. Yeah. Seagal then collapsed in an unconscious heat and allegedly shit, shit himself. himself. <laughs> yes. 
God, I'm making all of these jokes and then they're true. Yes, that's St- the Steven Seagal story. You and make, then he and then, shit himself. You make the joke and it's true. And then he Caitlin Benedict. Yep. Um, Jean LaBelle has avoided confirming that this happened while implying that it definitely happened. Um, of course, Seagal denied the allegations, saying that LaBelle was a sick pathological scumbag liar. Which got one of LaBelle's students, a little-known fighter, I don't know if you've ever heard of her, Ronda Rousey, mm. to call BS, saying, If Seagal says anything bad about Gene in my face, I'd make him crap his pants a second time. Yeah! Uh, this was not the only time Seagal talked shit about other stunt performers. Um, Peter Kent, who was a longtime stunt double for Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm. uh, had this to say about the squinty-eyed action star. That- he just constantly looks like he doesn't have glasses. He's from Michigan and he's nearsighted, okay, listeners? I suffered through working several episodes of True Justice with him. Horrendous. He had a babe in cutoffs holding his dialogue on placards behind the other actor, resulting in no eye contact or proper eyeline. Mm-hmm. He had so much tanning makeup on, I almost thought he was a Jamaican fellow. <laughs> He was so loathed by the entire cast and crew that they told him they were doing him a favor by condensing all of his scenes into three hours of shooting. The real reason was to get rid of his insufferable, egotistical ass. You know, his his music doesn't do anything to dispel the Jamaican myth. No. Uh, Seagal didn't only talk shit. He had also garnered a reputation for intentionally hitting stuntmen during scenes. Why? Because he could. He could hit them on purpose. That's so fucking dumb. He's a fucking asshole. Okay. Um, And he loved to disparage other martial artists in interviews, such as Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee. This culminated in his audacious claim that he would fight to the death anybody who believed they could defeat him. Sir. Ronda Rousey, you're up. Right. This inspired a group of martial artists to answer that challenge. Yes. They called themselves the Dirty Dozen, and they offered a fight at Seagull's request, which he never took them up on. I would not imagine. No. I'm guessing that's for the best, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So it shouldn't come as a surprise that Steven Seagull is notoriously difficult to work with. Oh. Mm. In The Glimmer Man, uh, which I believe was his first direct-to-video film, Sing me a song, you're, you're the, the glimmer man. Um, Stephen Tobolowski played a serial killer going up against Seagal's good guy, which ends in the good guy killing the shit out of the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like an action film. Yeah. But then Seagal decided it was bad for his karma to keep killing people on screen and wanted Tobolowski's character to survive. Trying to save this film which has a whopping 11% on Rotten Tomatoes, y'all. Tobolowski was like, "Uh, nah, dude, my character's like in his own private hell. If you kill him, he'll like reincarnate into a better life or whatever, dude. So you gotta kill him so he becomes like a better person in the next life. This somehow convinced Steven Seagal. Okay. Uh, And the scene went on as scripted, which ends with the serial killer's head impaled on a fence post. Ah, I watched this scene to make sure this is what happened. Uh-huh. And then Seagal decided, in the scenes following, to ad-lib the line, Thank God I didn't kill that guy at the church. <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> the man's head is impaled on a fence post. <laughs> Stephen, I don't think he's going to make it. Steven, he's not, he's not going to make it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. He may have been hard to kill, but you did it. <laughs> you did it. You you sure did. But um, that line did not make it into the final cut. Oh, good. Unfortunately, unfortunately for me, I think it would have been great. Um, Thank God I didn't kill that guy. I love the idea of him saying, Thank God I didn't kill that guy while staring at this dude's impaled skull. <laughs> Looking at him being like, thank God I didn't kill that man. <laughs> I and don't he- know what it means to kill. <laughs> Could you imagine if that was the character arc? It's just like, he kills so many people, but he doesn't know it. 
So he's just like fucking stabbing people and shooting them. And he's like, I've never killed a person in my life. I'm not going to start now with a trail of bodies behind him. He just has no situational awareness. I would watch that film. Um, uh, this is also the same movie that, uh, according to his co-star, Keenan Wayans, uh, Seagull appeared after being super fucking late to the set. That's one uh-huh. of the things he loves to do is just, like, never show up. Uh-huh. Um, holding a script. And he was going on about how it was the greatest script he had ever read. When Wayans asked him who wrote it, Seagull responded, I did. <laughs> <sighs> Which sounds like a fake story, except when you're like, it was Steven Seagull. Yeah, it's yeah. probably true. Yeah. It's not to make him sound awesome. No. No. Mm -mm. He may not have actually written the greatest script of all time, but he is regarded as the worst SNL host of all time. Okay. He hosted the uh, April 20th, 1991 episode. 420, nice. And ooh, it's bad. Like, it's really bad. Um, it's so bad. What year was this? 1991. Okay. It's so bad that when Nicholas Cage worried that he would do really badly, that the audience would consider him as the biggest jerk who's ever been on the show, SNL great Tim Meadows replied, no, 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 that's Steven Seagal. <laughs> uh, David Spade agreed that in his six years on the show, Steven Seagal was by far the worst host, citing his utter humorlessness, mistreatment of cast and staff, and his refusal to do uh, some of the actual funny bits written for the show. <laughs> like one Hans and Franz sketch that would have involved the title characters beating up Seagal, which sounds like it would have been funny. Yeah. Instead, Seagal wanted to perform a sketch where he played a therapist who wants to sleep with a rape survivor. Oh, no. Uh-huh. He, again, superior sense of comedic timing. Oh, no. Yeah, he was never invited back and is apparently on the permaband list. Ooh. I want to know who else is on the permaband list. <laughs> it might just be Steven It might be Seagal. him and Donald Trump, but that's uh, probably it. Yeah. As his popularity and reputation grew, so did his paranoia. Seagal spoke of people who were out to get him, whether that be liars or actual mob members. The Yakuza! Exactly. According to Vanity Fair, on one occasion he offered an ex-CIA operative named Robert Strickland $50,000 to eliminate a former colleague. Uh... As you do. I heard that's illegal. He's not in prison? No. No, he's... Nope. Stephen, obsessed with his personal safety, also became obsessed with guns. He, of course, had a concealed weapons permit, and he had a tuxedo tailored to accommodate two handguns. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. He had to be the good guy with the gun if someone storms the I'm Oscars just, he's not invited to. I'm just trying to figure out, like... I mean, you can put a gun in a tuxedo. Like, did they build it an extra panel so it wasn't I guess. Like, I don't know. Did they just beef him out? Is that what that is? Like, do you open Steven Seagal and there's, like, a smaller man underneath? Like, I think it's more like you develop, like, secret pockets in the cummerbund, you know? You just add extra folds so you can't see uh, the bulk. You know he was like, give me super big muscles and hide guns in them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's also his brand. Um, in one interview, he claimed that he used to have a gun personally made every month. Ordered a fresh gun every month. <laughs> Steven Seagal, who knows why? Um, he does have favorite guns for sniping, for clearing a house, and for battle. No, okay, go back one. Mm-hmm. What is a gun for clearing a house? Um, you know, like, when the cops, like, break into your home and, like, have to clear out a house i guess first of all i was envisioning poltergeist and not what you just described <laughs> See, uh, the goal, armed to the teeth with guns this house is it's clean, clean. <laughs> that would be okay i might watch that poltergeist remake if it's the exact same movie but with steven seagal in the instead place of the, the little, little tiny lady. lady but you have to dub her voice over all oh, yeah, of his. absolutely. Also, there's that one time he hid a gun in a couch. For what purpose? Back in 1991, Emmy-winning star Julia Margu- Margulis? Juliana Margulis. Margulis? Julia Margulis. Juliana, I think. Juliana? 
Margulies? Mm-hmm. I'll say Juliana Margulies was auditioning for Out for Justice. She was called to a meeting, and despite reassurances that she would be meeting with the casting director and Steven Seagal, oh, no. she arrived to discover it was just Seagal in the room. Was he wearing more than the bathrobe? In her own words, quote, He asked me to sit on this couch, and underneath this cushion, I jumped up. There was something hard, and he pulled out a gun, and he said, Oh, I must have left my gun there. It's my couch gun. It's my couch gun for when I need a gun in my couch. You don't have a couch gun? You know what? I'm just, I'm not concerned with my personal safety. That's why I don't have couch guns. Um, He put the gun down, so I was calming down a little bit, and he read my palm and told me he was a healer and told me I had weak kidneys. What? <laughs> At this point, to be honest, as a New York girl, I kind of started laughing inside, and I thought, is this? stick that works on women <laughs> saying that they have weak, weak kidneys <laughs> like that's that's a new neg you know what i mean usually it's like you know you'd be pretty if you lost weight or something like that it's like you know you'd be prettier but your your kidneys are really weak your kidneys and- are so weak we're about to hear a horrible clattering noise as beans jumps off me because i pulled too much hair out of his butt oh no beans oh no beans shortly after margulies squirmed out of the room she ended up getting the part in Out for Justice, although, as part of her contract, she demanded she never be alone with Seagal on set. Smart. Which makes us an appropriate time to talk about all of the sexual harassment and assault allegations. No. Mm, what a segue. In 1991, during the filming of Out for Justice, three Warner Brothers employees accused Seagal of sexual harassment. And they ended up settling out of court for 50000 each. Cool. Around the same time, at least four actresses claimed Seagal had made sexual advances, typically during late-night casting sessions, including Jenny McCarthy. Mm. Hero of this story, Jenny McCarthy. Oh, no. You know how bad your story has to be before Jenny McCarthy is the fucking mm-hmm. hero. Quote, I went to the audition for Under Siege 2 with, like, 15 other Jenny McCarthys. These girls came in and out of his office, and I was last. Stephen comes out and goes, hmm, so you're last. I'm thinking, shouldn't a casting person be doing this? I have my script pages, and I say, okay, I'm ready. And he says, no, I want to find out about you. I knew what was coming, and he goes, so you were Playmate of the Year. Yep. Gross. Gross. So she continues by explaining that after listening to go on and on about how he found his soul in Asia... Like a weeb, she said she was ready to read. This is when Seagal told her to stand up and take off her dress. Nope. Because you have to be kind of sexy in this movie and that there is nudity. Jenny told him to rent my Playboy video, you asshole, and ran out. (laughs) Good job, Jenny McCarthy. Right? In 1996, a feature in Penthouse alleged more crimes committed by Seagal, including six women alleging that the action star assaulted them. Cool. Who is still employing this man? He's, it seems too expensive in payout money. This is 91. Remember, like, this is the early 90s. It is not... How long was Weinstein up to... Anyway. Until 2018. Yeah. In 2004, Ray Charles' granddaughter, Blair Robinson, was assaulted by Seagal after meeting him at her grandfather's funeral. Oh, no. After being hired as Seagal's assistant, Robinson said Seagal came to her room and immediately started to discuss the art of Japanese massage, no, which he no, explained no, no, would no, be no, expected no. as part of her job. She became very uncomfortable as he began to demonstrate on her arm and shoulders, and Robinson asked that he leave the room. Apparently, the massage thing is Seagal's move, as attested to by Rob Schneider in a Howard Stern interview. It's every creepy guy's move. It is, but the fact that I just said Howard Stern, Rob Schneider, and Steven Seagal in, like, the same sentences makes me want to shower? Yeah, it's the unholy trinity. In 2010, Caden Nguyen filed a lawsuit against Seagal alleging sexual harassment, the illegal trafficking of females for sex, failure to prevent sexual harassment, and wrongful termination. But he's not in prison. Nope. Why? He was accused of hiring young women as personal attendants, whose real job was to serve as his sex slaves. No. No, no, no. From a write-up on today, 
Wynn met the action star in February through an ad on Craigslist seeking an executive assistant and, after three interviews, was told to pack for a trip to New Orleans, where the A&E show Steven Seagal Lawman was taping. When she arrived, she discovered that Seagal had been keeping two young female Russian attendants who were essentially on call for sex 24-7. Oh, boy. Nguyen alleged that she was assaulted over the course of several days before eventually escaping the situation. Quote, Nguyen told Seagal that she had to leave to meet with family members who would be suspicious if she didn't show up. Nonetheless, he told her not to leave the house and followed her with a gun equipped with a flashlight as she went out to a waiting cab, which sped away as she jumped into the front seat. <sighs> I also had to include this very weird part that is in the article that just is just super weird and mm -hmm. you need to read it aloud. Go ahead. Nguyen's lawsuit said she could identify a unique physiological reaction that Seagal has to sexual arousal, which could be corroborated by the other attendants. Uh, I'm going to need to know what this is. Uh, it does. Nope. No further no! explanation. None. And like, I realize that it's one of those things that like they leave out of media reports of crime so that they can like verify that somebody is the real criminal and stuff. And so it doesn't compromise the investigation. But also, I want to know and why am I certain it's sneezing? <laughs> I was going to guess profuse of sweating, so either of them works for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like the sneezing, though. Yeah. Apparently that's and, common. You know, you have very weak kidneys. <laughs> um, the allegations don't stop coming. There's Dutch model Fabiola Dadis, uh, actress Rachel Grant, and Regina Simmons, who all accuse the action star of sexual assault. Portia de Rossi accused Seagal of unzipping his pants during an audition oh, while saying no. how important it was to have chemistry off screen. No, 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 no. Um, unfortunately, while these allegations have hit the newsstands, they don't seem to stick around long. Perhaps that because Seagal is represented by Hollywood lawyer Marty Singer, Ooh. who has represented John Travolta, Quentin Tarantino, and most recently, Bill Cosby. You know, I do an episode on him, but he seems litigious. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, man. What a, just, what a work resume. You what know? a like, hey, to put out Hey, are you there? a Hollywood actor that loves to sexually harass and assault women? Call me, Marty Singer. I'll get you out of it. My Christmas Gross. parties are terrible. No women show up. Um... Not voluntarily. Not voluntarily. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you need good representation. We're up against the mob. Oh, God. Is he still on this Yakuza bullshit? Well, it's the actual mob. Oh, okay. Yeah, not in the I was a secret hitman and fought mafia members mob. Like your actual mob. A traditional extortion a racket. Italian? An Italian mob. Okay. So, the 90s films that starred Seagal as the soft-talking, ponytail-wearing, not-actually-Italian-Italian man uh -huh. were produced by Julius Nasso, a wise guy from Brooklyn. An actual wise guy. Hmm. Unfortunately, their relationship soured by the new millennium, and that's when the Gambino crime family got involved. Interesting. On one fine day in 2001, Seagal was ordered into a car and brought to a Brooklyn restaurant, where he met with alleged Gambino captain Anthony Sacconi, who ordered him to start working with Nasso again. He demanded that Seagal fork over $150,000 for every film he made and was told, if you would have said the wrong thing, they would have killed you. Which explained why he gave them $700,000 up okay. front. Uh, the FBI caught a gossip session between the mafia members on tape discussing this meeting, where they laughed about shaking Seagal, Seagal down, <laughs> saying, he was petrified. I wish we had a gun on us. That would have been funny. <laughs> <laughs> the scandal of all of this came to light in 2003, when the government indicted Peter Gotti, Julius Nassau, and a whole host of his made men with a variety of crimes. And Seagal testified for the prosecution about the mobster's extortion attempt. Nasso claimed that he never tried to extort the former partner, but that members of Seagal's Buddhist community were taking his hard-earned money from him. What? Nasso also claimed that he and Seagal fell out after Buddhist advisors warned him against appearing in violent movies as it would interfere with his possibility of reincarnation. Why you gotta bring the Buddhists into this? 
So did I mention that Seagal is the reincarnation of a 17th century Buddha? You may have failed to mention this. Well, I'm mentioning it now. Yes, in 1997, Lama Panorin Posh announced that Seagal was a tulku, and specifically the reincarnation of renowned translator and monk Chungdrag Dorja. I I don't know a lot about that language, but I can affirm he is a tulku. <laughs> he is a tulku. Uh, thanks to this spiritual history, Seagal was declared a lama, which is a venerated teacher in Tibetan Buddhism. Oh, they only gave him the one L? Uh, which means that he's just a notch down from the Dalai Lama himself. I gotta reconsider some stuff about Buddhism. The fact that he donated a ton of cash to Rinpoche's school shouldn't change anyone's mind about the veracity of these claims. Anyway, along with this spiritual honor, he is the sworn protector of Renji, the daughter of the 10th Panchen Lama, the spiritual authority alongside the Dalai Lama. So in Tibet, there's the Dalai Lama, and like his second in command slash co-command uh-huh. is the Panchen Lama. Uh-huh. And Steven Seagal is the sworn guardian for his child. Is he doing a lot of that? Apparently, he acts as her bodyguard whenever she visits the U.S. Okay. His own children have no memory of him no, as a they father. Do not. <laughs> but he protects the llama's child. Is he still married to Kelly LeBrock at this point? Oh, no, point? no, 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 okay. no, no. They divorced in the 90s. Okay. Um, but I guess none of this spiritual enlightenment should be surprising from a man who asked his good friend, Vladimir Putin, support yeah, that, hmm. in immortality research. What? That's right. That is a Mad Lib I was not expecting. Steven is hoping that by uh, Russia developing new technologies, we can make humans immortal by 2045. Let's not. Humans, let's not start with Steven Seagal. The only good thing about humans is that we die eventually. Our damage is limited. Okay, you you went real hard in one direction. (laughs) Oh, man. But this makes sense, though, given that Seagal looks like he's inches from death at any moment. And he does. I don't know if you've seen him he recently. Looks like a preserved ham. Yeah. <laughs> Badly preserved. Uh, full with of salt. Jet black ponytail. Uh, the thing is, when you are best friends with Vladimir Putin, you can pretty much ask for whatever you want. Um, in 2015, Putin asked then-President Obama to make Seagal an honorary consul of Russia to the United States. Did he do it? No. Okay. He declined that that request. Um, in 2016, when Seagal officially became a Russian citizen and received his passport, really? Putin signed that passport. Okay. Yeah. Um, though after he became a Russian citizen, uh, Ukraine banned Seagal from entering the country for five years. That seems best. Uh, likely due to Seagal's admiration for Russia stealing parts of Ukraine. Who voices a public opinion on this? He thought it was very reasonable. Very reasonable action. Yeah, and Who chooses that word? Steven Seagal. So you know what else is uh, very reasonable? Like the annexation of Crimea, maybe? Okay, something reasonable within the vein of the annexation of Crimea. I'm mm-hmm. going to go with mm-hmm. um, taxes? Um, becoming a cop. Ah. You see, Steven Seagal... Lover of blues music and ornate saddles. He has a whole collection of ornate saddles. I could not get into it, but I just needed you to know. Okay. Um, he also wanted to be like a cop for real, real, not just for play, play. Yeah. Huh? Um, he actually served as a police officer for Jefferson Paris, Louisiana for about 20 years. Specific- I feel like served. Specifically as a reserve deputy chief. Meaning, I'm not sure he actually had to really show up for most of that. Were they calling on him a lot? Mm. Um, also, did I say police officer? Uh, while Seagal alleges that he graduated from a police academy in LA and has a fancy certificate, there is no record of that fancy certification. And thus, according to Wikipedia, Seagal's rank in Louisiana is therefore ceremonial. That seems fair. He's ceremonially a cop. Mm. Mm-hmm. In 2009, Seagal upped the ante by starring in a reality show called Steven Seagal Lawman. I remember it not fondly. This was shot in Jefferson Parish, Louisiana. Uh He did edgy lawman stuff, such as explaining how he brings spirituality to the business of firing a gun. 
Zen masters and Zen archery, too. They don't pull the arrow, they push the arrow. It's the same with that pistol. What? What? Are you drunk? Probably. Yes. Um, until the series was suspended in 2010 after Seagal was hit with that sex trafficking lawsuit. Yeah, that'll do. That'll kind of undermine the cop thing. Yeah. Not um, that, not as much as you would think. Yeah, the suit was dropped. Um, and the series could continue. Uh, in the third season, Seagal moved to Arizona and teamed up with local lawman, Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Oh, no. Oh, you've heard of him. Oh, no. Yeah, that guy. Um, They did their fair share of wacky hijinks, mostly like busting marijuana rings and shit. Like it's, uh-huh. um, Then in 2011, Arpaio orchestrated a raid against Jesus Yovera, a local suspected of cockfighting. Arpaio's office mounted an assault on Yovera's property, which included 30 to 40 fully armed SWAT officers... The entire county bomb unit, a bomb robot, canine units, and the use of explosive devices, along with Steven Seagal riding atop a tank. Why? On top of a tank. For cockfighting? For cockfighting. Um, How bored are you in Arizona? Apparently very bored. Um, not surprisingly, the raid resulted in Yovera's house being damaged, the euthanasia of over a hundred roosters, and Seagal's tank running over the property gates, as well as the family puppy. No! A puppy died during the Steven making- Seagal killed a puppy <laughs> with a tank. a puppy with a tank. Jesus Christ. <laughs> if you take nothing else away from this goddamn episode, uh-huh. it's that Steven Seagal killed a puppy with well, a tank. Well, there are also a hundred roosters that were killed, but like- What the fuck is at my door? Dear listeners, so we did have to take a very quick break because oh. the doorbell rang and it was, uh, I'm, what I'm assuming is a very nice young man who yes. was selling pest control services. You know, the people who just come yeah. to your house. But yeah. Of course, Gingy in prime Gingy mode was like, oh, yeah, we're recording a podcast episode about Steven Seagal. And he was like, oh, yeah, I loved him and how I met your mother. <laughs> yeah. He was really surprised when I uh, told him <laughs> that the person he thought of as Jason Siegel <laughs> killed a puppy with a tank. <laughs> He'll be back here in a couple hours. And I'll make DJ deal with it. Oh, man. So, um, yeah, because of the whole, like, damage to property and dead puppy, dead puppy, um, Yovera started a lawsuit against the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office and demanded an apology letter from Seagal. Um, the lawsuit was dropped, the episode never aired, and Seagal's show was not renewed for a fourth season. No. Surprisingly. Mm. Hmm. I guess there are some things you really can't put on television, like a tank running over a puppy. Puppy murder. (laughs) Don't worry, though. Steven is still a proper lawman because in 2011, he was sworn in as a Texas border guard. He's just protecting our southern border. Associating with all the right people. Yeah, just I feel so much protected. Very border. Mm. But when Seagal isn't making direct-to-video movies or protecting the southern border or writing lyrics like, You're like a ghost. The more you eat, the more you're hungry. A hungrier ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant lyricist. Or or being warned of a fire by a telepathic white dog. (laughs) Uh, No, don't bother explaining that one. Yes. um, Stephen also writes novels of course he does this is the story of an arizona tribal police officer who stumbles onto one of the biggest cases in the history of the southwest he is a member of an elite group within the native american communities known as the shadow wolves no what comes with his discovery is the uncovering of massive corruption in places where he had once placed his total trust shadow wolves is a book of fiction based on reality both authors, there's definitely a ghostwriter. Oh, absolutely. Have worked with, confronted, and seen the power of the deep state and the manner in which many federal government agencies willfully violate the Constitution and the laws of the land in service to special interests. The 2016 election has, for the first time, made many Americans aware. This is on that the, the book cover? This is on the book, yes. Oh, Jesus. 
aware that the deep state is very real, that the mainstream media is a fake news media offering a false narrative designed by the secret intelligence world in service to special interests. Didn't you work for this secret intelligence? Mm -hmm. No, no, anyway, the fight for America's soul is taking place far from Washington, D.C. This is a story of one small group of patriots fighting the good fight. For someone who is into QAnon, he does a lot of human trafficking. So that's the Amazon description of The Way of the Shadow Wolves, The Deep State, and The Hijacking of America. What the fuck is this book? It's written by Steven Seagal and Tom Morrissey, a retired U.S. Marshal, and has a foreword written by Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Christ. If anybody... Listeners. Can I call you listeners? <laughs> um, if anybody wants... If anybody finds a copy of this godforsaken book at a used bookstore, because we are not putting any more money in Stephen Seagal's pockets. No. Uh, if anybody finds a used copy of this and wants to send it to us, DM me. I will... Set up a post box to receive this. Oh my god! And that will be all of our Patreon Love it. episodes. Beautiful. I appreciate you. Um. So the book is about John Nantan Goad. What? That's John Nantan Goad, a Native American tribal police officer and former Marine, a big lawman who speaks like a philosopher poet in a fierce whisper, and who has Native American spirit powers that involve being kissed on the forehead by a wolf. Twice. What? <laughs> Two times in the novel, he is kissed on the forehead by a wolf. Just a gentle little... Just a little... Like like a little uh, wolf Nona. <laughs> wolf Nona. Like, oh, you've gotten so big. This is clearly a book, like I said, we're going to have to read. Yes. Um, and this is, this is just one of the best things I've... I've ever heard. But we, we've already spent too long talking about a man who commissioned a bulletproof kimono. Oh. <laughs> so we'll have to save that for the bonus episodes. But I think the best way to wrap up is in Steven Seagal's <laughs> own words. This is his bio off the back of the book. Oh, cool. Steven Seagal is an actor, producer, screenwriter, director, martial artist, sheriff, musician, and international businessman. Born in the USA with Mohawk heritage, he is nope. passionate about restoring the Constitution as the foundation for our republic and a return to responsible stewardship of Mother Earth as practiced by the Native Americans. <laughs> Again, high on his own BS supply. Stephen, you are not Mohawk. You are uh -uh. not at all. <laughs> not at all. You have roughly the same heritage that my children will one day have. Uh, you know what? It's just, he just has such a way of words, you know, like you're a ghost and you are hungrier ghost. What, what hungry, was the, what was, ghost. What was, the, what was the first song quote? If you can just give that to me one more time. I want the punani. Uh-huh. Actually, the whole quote, sorry, I have to go back to the beginning. Hold on. The full me want the punani C four make nice. We're also going to do a Patreon episode that is just us reading uh, Stephen Seagal's song lyrics. Oh so, yeah, uh, and may for like our top tier Patreon listeners make them into ringtones. <laughs> <laughs> me want the punani C four make nice. <laughs> um, so that's Stephen Seagal. But why is Stephen Seagal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's it's, what i had reek read this because i was uh -huh. like i need you to make sure this is coherent uh-huh and he was like this man it's is not coherent but it was never going to be he's like this man is a monster yeah but also what the fuck <laughs> like he's so wacko you forget the fact that he's a monster <laughs> yeah it, it it felt at the time like it came out that like women accuse Steven Seagal of sexual assault. And I was like, I feel like I knew that already from I mean, he has, everything. He has that energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, that's definitely a man who, like, has tried the pickup artist playbook and, like, negged a woman in a club. Yes, his family crest says you'd look a lot prettier if you smiled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and again, monstrous, but also one of the most ridiculous people yes. that I have ever ever researched like there are things i could not Oy. fit in here 
Like, he has a whole beef with the UFC. Like, that's a whole thing that I couldn't get into. Uh, he definitely got, like, a, like involved with, I think it was the IRS did a whole lawsuit against him. Because I think of a fucking cryptocurrency scandal. I couldn't get into it. There is too much wacko shit. That is, you know, that is one thing I can say positive about Steven Seagal. Uh-huh. He doesn't waste time. No. He is a he is productive. He appears to have more hours in his day than I do. <laughs> and it may be from all the cocaine. That is one thing we've learned about these fucking guys mm-hmm. is that they're they're too productive. They need to tone it down. They're absolute monsters, but their time management skills <laughs> excellent. so much better than mm-hmm. ours. They they have an incredible inspiration board. You know, teach us your ways, but only like a couple of them. Yeah, I would love to like be able to actually do the workout and the smoothie making and all the things that I want to do in my day. Um, Please, you know, I would love if if I could take that from a man like Steven Seagal, the ability to like be productive, like I would get so much shit done, but I'm afraid I would get the lingering taste of like suddenly being like, I have to move to Japan and speak with a dog with my mind. I have to let somebody know in a Jamaican accent, <laughs> as you do, <laughs> that me want the punani. Yeah. And, mm, mm. So I just, this is a gift that I have given to you. Is it? It's, it's my heart on a platter. Because Steven Seagal ripped it out of my chest and put it on a plate. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to send it back to the kitchen with a stern note. Okay. <laughs> Well, I guess, is there a self-care plan? There is a self-care plan. All right, so I've decided to focus on self-care for actors, okay? (laughs) Because Steven Seagal is nothing if not a performer. A performer of, like, what a human, what an alien thinks humans should be, but a performance nonetheless. A performance artiste, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, Empower yourself. Any performer can get bogged down by failed auditions and rejections. Practice confidence and focus on empowerment that would make your 17th century Buddhist reincarnation proud. Find a community. It's great to connect to others who share your love of the craft. Don't hide guns and couches at the parties. Please don't. Yeah. Remember, self-care is not selfishness. Except when you're buying a bulletproof kimono and running a tank over a puppy. Gonna need more information on that kimono later. I think there's definitely a video of him, like, wearing it, like, swishing it around. Swish, swish, swish. Where he's, like, pretending to fling off bullets. It's gotta be so heavy. I don't know that it swishes. (laughs) I think that's more of a, like, pendulous thunk. Like, shwa, shwa, shwa. (laughs) I don't think it's actually bulletproof. I think that, like, whoever made it is like, yeah. Sure, Stephen. It's bulletproof. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he like paid that guy well under the quote, and she's like, "Yeah, yeah." Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I think you know. I would love to continue talking about Stephen Seagal, but it has to be. This has to be all for us this week. If you like what you're hearing, uh, any of it, there's so much. Uh, you should check us out on thisfnguypod.com or on Twitter at thisfnguypod. We have a Facebook. It is up. Uh, it is up. It has not been taken down by the Zuckerberg. By the Zuckerberg. I'm posting so cautiously, guys. Um, uh, and also donate to our Patreon, where soon you can probably find a... Um, a dramatic reading of The Way of the Shadow Wolves. <laughs> I feel like I've done a hate crime by saying this. No, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. Guys, guys. It's going to be good. Anyway... I am Ren Martinez. And I'm Ginger Golub. Here's a bonus self-care tip. Uh, Put elderberry syrup in your gin and lemonades. That way you boost your immune system and get drunk as fuck. And also, to leave you on this one note, Mm. me want to punani. But also, don't be this fucking punani. Peace. Peace. This fucking guy.